You're listening to EcoSpeak CLE, where the eco-curious explore the unique and thriving environmental community here in Northeast Ohio. My name is Diane Pickett, and my producer is Greg Rotuno. Together, we bring you inspiring stories from local sustainability leaders and invite you to connect, learn, and live with our community and planet in mind. This episode is sponsored by Good Nature Organic Lawn Care. Founded in Cleveland in 1999 to help you have a beautiful yard without the chemicals. No insecticides, herbicides, or fungicides. No sides. Just high-quality, soil-building materials to build a healthy lawn that fights weeds naturally. Call today and mention EcoSpeak CLE to get $50 off an early spring treatment. Thank you, Greg. Hello, friends. Greg and I are recording today in Parma in the Cleveland Metro Parks Watershed Stewardship Center. When you think of Parma, things like pierogies, punchkis, and the schnitzel house may come to mind, or you may think a dense suburb with old world charm. Parma is all those things, but here in the seventh most populous city in Ohio is the 469-acre West Creek Reservation. It is Cleveland Metro Park's 16th reservation, and it preserves a valley with rocky gorges, forested hillsides, floodplains, and the tributary that runs through it, West Creek. Today's conversation is a great follow-up to our last episode with the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District because now we're going to focus on the water above the ground and how protecting our urban watersheds and managing stormwater runoff is so important to our region. Speaking with us today are two watershed experts uh, with the Cleveland Metro Parks. We have Bethany Majeski. She is the center manager for the Cleveland Metro Parks Watershed Stewardship Center. And Jennifer Greiser, she is the director of natural resources for Cleveland Metro Parks. Welcome, Jen. Welcome, Bethany. Hello. Hi, good evening. So it's a very windy day here. It was like mm-hmm. 50, 50 mile an hour winds blowing mm-hmm. me all the way west today. But uh, not a good day here. to walk in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was going to come early, Dwight, but then... No, I changed my mind. So can we start with you, just um, Bethany and Jen, talking about your roles here at the Cleveland Metro Parks? Sure. So, uh, yeah, I'm the center manager, so that means that I get to kind of keep a – oversee the whole facility in terms of the operations of it. But the really great part that I love the most is working with the education component. So we've got a staff here of naturalists who are educators. And we like to say that we interpret the natural world. We interpret science for people. So uh, in the center here, you'll see exhibits and live animals, and we'll bring out a snake for you when you come in with your family and um, just provide a friendly and welcoming atmosphere and kind of get people comfortable here and and excited about exploring a little deeper once they come and getting more, you know, into why we're here and thinking about their actions. So it's kind of like the visitor development step where we're encouraging people to come, have introductory experiences and then we hope to grow those with you know programming relationships repeat visits and get people to become stewards ultimately awesome well we'll talk a little bit more about the stewardship center but we'll we'll turn to jen now and what is the director of natural resources responsible for So I work throughout the park system, our 25,000 acres across our variety of watersheds from Rocky River Watershed on the west over to Euclid Creek Watershed on the east and uh, oversee a staff that um, 
I, I liken it to behind the scenes work. We're behind the scenes making sure our forests and wetlands and streams and floodplains can, can just function to the best of their abilities and, and provide excellent habitat for all the wildlife that call Northeast Ohio home. Wow. How long have you been with Metro Parks? I have been with Metro Parks for 13 years. Awesome. And before that? Before that, I worked for New York City Department of Environmental Protection. Really? Yes. Oh. Upstate in the Catskills, though. Sweet. So um, <laughs> I worked for the stream management program, uh, and the Catskills provide 90% of the drinking water to the New York City and the 9 million users along the way. Awesome. And, and Bethany, how long have you worked here? I started here at Cleveland Metro Parks in 2007, so coming up on my 17th year, and um, have worked in various locations throughout the park, but West Creek has quickly become my favorite. That's Yay. for sure. <laughs> and you said you were an education ma major. Uh, English English, major. I'm sorry. English yeah. major. Yeah. If you want to hear me do some Canterbury Tales in Middle <laughs> English, no, I we can do that. Oh, that's that's sister was yeah. another, another, another podcast here. <laughs> so... Um, Let's talk first about West Creek and this tributary that runs from Broadview Heights to Independence where it joins the Cuyahoga River. Um, how has it been impacted over the years by residential, commercial, and industrial development, really since World War II? Who wants to talk about that? Sure, I'll take that one. West Creek is a pretty urbanized watershed, lots of hard surfaces, um, just looking at the map of the watershed, uh, you can see streets that basically line the upland area of West Creek. And then West Creek is at the bottom of, of, of you know, fairly deep um, gorge ravine. And um, yeah, so you mentioned the development, kind of the development boom after World War II. And so it is a lot of residential housing, mixed use, and then we have um, businesses along the way and um, a bit of industry as you get closer to Cleveland at that uh, where the West Creek meets the Cuyahoga River. Mm -hmm. And when you come into the Stewardship Center, there's a 3D model of West Creek and the area around it, and it is just rows of housing developments that kind of line the mm -hmm. entire <laughs> river, and the river shoots down this this gorge. But um, so was the goal of creating this uh, reservation back in two thousand six to to kind of protect the creek and manage that the natural beauty that was already here that had not been impacted. I think. The, the goal was to, um, first, to provide Cleveland Metro Park services and engagement to a, a new community. We didn't mm -hmm. have any um, land management areas within the city of Parma. So really um, working with West Creek Conservancy to transform this into a reservation. And like you mentioned, that was in 2006, and then the Watershed Stewardship Center opened in 2013. So there was a little time there where it was it was fairly undeveloped and and um and it was when the center was built that we had the new parking lots and started to get more defined trail system and the center itself um really guided the more of that watershed protection um stormwater management 
mission that now embodies the whole reservation. And the, and the park has been added onto over time. It started off with so you just is that how Cleveland Metro Parks operates in the sense that you're just start. I don't know where I'm going with that. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah, you start with some acreage, and then you try to add on more acreage and and keep growing and. Sure. And that's still happening here? Yes, so. a- absolutely. I mean, th- that that sort of gets to the roots. Uh, our 100-plus year history started with a small, modest acreage. Mm-hmm. And um, different leadership has def- definitely had different emphasis on the acquisition and conservation of property. But our current CEO, Brian Zimmerman, definitely is mm-hmm. highly supportive of um, conservation of property and as such, um, with our great partnership with West Creek Conservancy, just added over 100 acres to West Creek Reservation the end of last year. So awesome. that's a huge milestone when we think about how built out the West Creek watershed is that we could add that significant acreage. Mm-hmm. And yeah, under Brian Zimmerman, the, the expansion of the park has been phenomenal and taking over Edgewater and um, now the the new park along Lake Erie in Euclid or Collinwood. What, so Wildwood, Villa Angela, Euclid mm-hmm. Beach. Yes, yes, <laughs> yep. yes. That's going to be very exciting. Um, are all the parks kind of focused around a watershed or most of them? I'm so glad that you asked that question because I have been on a little journey the last couple of years um, looking through old files uh, to really for records retention. Sounds kind of boring, but it has sent me into these historical documents. And one day I opened up a bin and found our first emerald necklace report from oh, 1919 wow. and and then the second one and I'm paging through it and um every picture was stream based except for one in those and and it really did speak to our initial um mission as an organization was really valley based uh so that's why you see today we we have so much property along these major waterways like rocky river cuyahoga river euclid creek so bethany tell us more about the watershed stewardship center how that came to be um how that was funded and when did it i mean what was the um thinking behind creating this education research center in the middle of parma Sure. So the center itself just celebrated its 10th anniversary last year. Congratulations. Which was a great milestone. Um, And I think the concept of it is so unique as a model because it really exists as a partnership. Um, Cleveland Metro Parks, obviously, but then just as importantly, Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District and West Creek Conservancy and the city of Parma itself are you know, very active partners with us. We regularly collaborate on events and programs and have a really robust committee that steers the direction collectively of the center and its initiatives. So it's really unique, you know, when do you get government park and public utility and a nonprofit and they're all working together in a really effective way. And it's it's pretty awesome to see the synergy there. Um, so on the public facing side, our center is open seven days a week, 9.30 to 5. It's a nice, comfortable place. I mean, you know, we're, we're really looking to like 
meet Maslow's needs, right? You come in, you got a nice bathroom, you got water fountain, comfy place to sit, air conditioning, you know, in the summer and heat when it's cold. So people, we want to attract people in when they're recreating in the park, um, but also invite them in because ultimately that goal is to move up that pyramid and get people to take on a stewardship role. So we um, try to market programming to all audiences, really, uh, recognizing that everybody does have a role to play as a homeowner or as a citizen uh, in the community and can take action to help make it better and healthier. So you'll find us doing preschool programs, um, school programs, summer camps, adult workshops, um, all kinds of great opportunities, really trying to provide something for everybody. And what I love about it is it does have this very strong core theme and identity that is based around watersheds and the protection of them and the personal action we could take. Mm-hmm. Do all the Does all the programming take place in the center or do you go out and get into the creek and and uh, yeah, get dirty. we, we want to <laughs> go outside. Yeah, good. <laughs> That's, uh, we want to get kids outside. We want to take people outside. The center is a great place to visit and learn. But yeah, that experiential part outdoors is very, very important. So we do, you know, our summer camps, we might have the kids out for six hours and they're playing in the creek and dipping for macro invertebrates in the wetlands and exploring what those things are and learning about their importance and catching toads and all of the fun things that you should experience in childhood. But all those things have a, a conservation route too, right? Like if we didn't protect them, those things wouldn't be here to discover and to play with. So it's um, it's a very rewarding thing to do. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think you need some adult ed programming to go do the same kind of things in the mm-hmm. creek. Camper adults. There. Uh, yeah. Camper they're, adults. Exactly. I think one of our nature centers Sign is offering up. that. Yeah. Really? Which <laughs> yeah. one? Ah, uh, I think Canalway. Don't. Oh, really? They're gonna oh. get mad if they're listening. They don't have one lined up. But yes, right. they have. Well, now they do. Now they do. <laughs> right. Right. You were talking, Bethany, about what's unique about this partnership between the utility and the community and and the metro parks and uh, educators, too. Um, Can you talk, Jen, a little bit about how sort of the history with the voters of Parma making all this possible? Sure. Well, I just think it's a remarkable story when I, I have this perception that when people hear the the word Parma, they don't think of environmental action. And then I came to West Creek and learned that's wrong. Uh, This location had a landfill in the 1980s that closed. And as I understand it, the mayor at the time was looking to potentially redevelop that space. And um, community citizens came together, which was the beginning of what is now called West Creek Conservancy. And they they really rallied together around saying, we're not interested in that development. We want to preserve this open space and the nat- natural functions surrounding the area. And um, long story short, you can get more details from, from Derek Schaefer at West Creek uh, another time. Uh, but they ultimately, it was the voters of Parma that voted in favor of preserving this property. And so West Creek Conservancy really was the manager of it for a number of years until 
Um, they basically, um, we signed a 100-year lease, or maybe it's a 99-year lease, a dollar a year, uh, to take over the management. Okay. So I just think it's a cool story because it started off the West Creek Preservation Committee. So that just brings to mind a group of people who cared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and look what they were able to accomplish. So, yeah, we will have a, a interview with Derek Schaefer, the head of the West Creek um, Conservancy at some point. He wasn't able to make it tonight. <laughs> but You'll have fun with that. <laughs> we will. Bethany, I understand that the Stewardship Center was like the first facility in the Cleveland Metro Parks to be dedicated to scientific research. How is that research performed and shared throughout the park and with other parties? Yeah, so another really interesting thing that makes the center here different than the other four visitor centers in Cleveland Metro Parks is that we are a collaboration not just of our educators and the outdoor experiences team, but also work very closely with Jen and her team and natural resources. So um, we often get to uh, be privy to some of the cutting edge research their teams are doing, get an advance on new tools they're developing, like the tree selector tool, and really work um, together, you know, their team supports our events, and we will do some cross-pollination with the Watershed Volunteer Program, and really just have the chance to interpret that science that they're doing. So there's a wet lab here at the center, and you can walk by and see the wetland ecologist in there working, identifying plant samples, and that's something that, you know, people can see and observe and might ask us questions. What are they doing in there? And we can help provide kind of that interface between the experts and the public. How many ecologists work here? Ooh, I've or never scientists? counted them, but, <laughs> but it, it is also a unique facility in that um, a, a number of our natural resources staff, they're, they're based out of here. So like Bethany mentioned, our wetland ecologists, we have our field research manager, our senior conservation science manager, our... Uh, uh, we have our stream restoration ecologist as well as additional support staff. So let's say 10 (laughs) roundabouts. (laughs) Didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, that's okay. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about stormwater management. Um, When you and I were talking, Jen, last week, you said stormwater starts at home. Can you explain that? Yeah, for sure. If we think about our typical house with a roof and a driveway and rain hits those hard surfaces and it needs to go somewhere. And so that's the beginning of stormwater runoff. And often it's not in your home. It's true. (laughs) Yes. And so typically, where is it going to run off to the lowest point? And so it finds that grate in the road, which is the storm sewer. And ultimately, Many of those storm sewers become what we call primary headwaters or our smallest streams. And then those primary Mm -hmm. headwaters go down the ravine and flow together to become West Creek, which eventually flows into the Cuyahoga River. And so when we look at our creeks and rivers around us, much of that is uh, made up of stormwater runoff. And so... As opposed to how, you know, nature manages stormwater through wetlands and floodplains. And if all that's paved over like it is here in Parma, what are you doing 
how how are you working to kind of replicate those natural models so the stormwater is being managed in a more natural way? Mm-hmm. We call that nature nature based solutions. And uh, in a stormwater context, it's a variety of mechanisms, uh, bioretention, green roofs, capturing in rain barrels or cisterns, stormwater wetlands. On the residential streets adjacent to West Creek, we were fortunate to receive US EPA grant funding to actually actively recruit homeowners that might be interested in installing rain barrels and rain gardens. And that was an awesome collaboration with Kent State University, West Creek Conservancy, and Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District, because we could actually measure whether or not that would make a difference. And it was so interesting to think about the recruitment process and trying to do street meetings and word of mouth, et cetera. And I was really kind of stressed because initially we didn't have a ton of homeowners involved, but the great news was that we, out of the 30 households that participated, collectively, they reduced the peak stormwater flows by 30%. Wow. So a really measurable difference. Yeah, yeah it was. And, and in a way, I think back and I'm like, gosh, if we had everybody participating, we wouldn't be able to tease out that how important individual action is, mm-hmm. that every single home really matters. And um, so it was that was a really cool project to work on. How many homes participated, did you say? 30 households. 30, okay. Yeah, out yeah. of a couple hundred that were eligible in our target streets. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you offer rain barrel workshops here at the center? We do, yeah. We have our spring lineup coming up, so we'll be offering some here at West Creek uh, Reservation at the center, um, but also try and regionalize those a little bit because we do have the four other locations, um, nature centers and visitor center and Cleveland Metro Parks. So um, we'll be hosting uh, at least one or two workshops at each of those locations as well. That's something folks can go online and and look up or give us a call if you need the dates or anything. But it's a really great program, great way you take home the entire kit and the connector and everything you need to install a rain barrel at your house. And yeah, it's pretty impactful. On my list, things I've been meaning to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have three of them. (laughs) Yeah. Rain Garden is also on my list. Mm -hmm. I went through the um, Chagrin Watership Partners rain Mm. Rain Garden. Nice course um and have yet to make it happen um there's some math involved with trying yeah. to calculate the area of runoff from your property and in sizing it right mm-hmm. and, and ask your husband he's confident in math yeah, yeah. confident confident is the keyword versus competent yeah gotcha. <laughs> but um it's a great course and mm-hmm. learned all about the plants and i mean they take you step by step through everything mm-hmm. you need to do it was like a i don't know five or six week course but so do you also offer those here we actually up. were the we helped originate those courses. Okay. Yeah. So we're really fortunate to have ongoing support from Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District for professional trainings, outside speakers, um, supports our watershed volunteer program, and uh, had actually seen the woman Susan Bryant from Washtenaw County in Michigan or in the Ann Arbor area. Mm-hmm. She was had this master rain gardener program there and had seen how effective it was at 
by walking people step-by-step through the process that they were more likely to actually do a rain garden than just a quick 90-minute overview. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So we were able to bring her in and host some of those courses here. And then fortunately, we love that Chagrin River Watershed Partners and Cuyahoga County Soil and Water Conservation District really kind of took that that on and kept it going. Oh, well, thank you for bringing that program here. That's really, that's pretty amazing. So what, so we talk about rain barrels and rain gardens to kind of manage water on your property. What other actions can individuals take um, to just be a good watershed steward? Well, it's funny you ask that because I'm thinking of the the residential stormwater program that we did that that helped bring a rain barrel and rain gardens to one of the homes that was participating. And then that really got that person interested in watersheds as a whole. So he got involved in our watershed volunteer program. He became a certified steward. And then he even um, decided to change his lawn over uh, to an organic lawn using oh. good natured lawn Get care. Out. Wow, that's awesome. We did not plant that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so that was just those are the types of watershed journeys we love to see. We have another mm-hmm. individual who volunteers at the center in a whole variety of ways who has um, partnered with Padua High School on environmental stewardship at their school and even started a storm drain um, stenciling and marking Mm -hmm. project Mm -hmm. in the neighborhoods adjacent to us. And that was an idea he came up with and proposed it and we were able to support him in that work. And and that's what we want to see is people learning about things and then taking action at home. Well, um, segue to uh, a little promo for Good Nature Organic Lawn Care. Um, In addition to the organic, chemical-free lawn and yard care services they offer, they also um, offer another other chemical-free solutions, including solutions to keep mosquitoes, ticks, and fleas out of your yard without chemicals, um, programs to keep um, outside bugs from crawling into your house, and things like mice and other critters. So these are all chemical-free alternatives that Good Nature Organic Lawn Care offers. And for EcoSpeaks listeners, are offering $50 off. So call them and mention EcoSpeak CLE, and they'd be happy to get you on the schedule. So thank you, Alec McLennan. All right. Very nice. (laughs) Bethany, do you have anything to add in terms of individual actions and just ways people can become more aware? Like how would someone find out what watershed they're in if they don't already know and what um, local watershed groups might they connect with? Yeah, I mean, I love Jen's slogan that, you know, Stormwater health really starts at home, and this all originates, you know, we have a very, very big impact on what's going down our drains. And I honestly, I remember being a kid and looking at the drain in our garage and just looking down this hole and being like, where does this even go? And I think I remember asking my dad, and he was like, I don't don't know. know. Yeah. And... You know, we just don't think about it. It's like that same sentiment as when you throw your trash away. Well, where is away, right? There is no away. Yeah, we try and be very um, forward-facing with messaging about don't put oil down your storm drain. Don't put 
uh, other chemicals, you know, be aware of when you're using non-organic lawn care and then all of that stuff, it does end up in the water and that's the water we drink. That's the water that supports our entire ecosystems. Um, So I think that messaging is very important to share and just keep reminding people to have that awareness. Um, I think, you know, we're starting a new programming series here called Your Piece of the Planet. So it's going to be all about how to get started composting at home, um, how to start a native garden at home, how to attract pollinators, how to do the rain barrel. Uh, We really do want to help people take that next step into action. So not just learning about the value of things, but then being confident and being armed with the knowledge and tools they need to move forward and and take those steps at home. Yeah. Yeah. And I think listeners for EcoSpeak CLE are pretty good about being aware of all this stuff, but Mm -hmm. add to that, tell your friends and neighbors and family, you know, if we all can be a spokesperson for these things, um, we'll just kind of grow it a little more and uh, help make people that may not think about their drains in their garage Mm -hmm. (laughs) to think about their drains in their garage. Well, and we're really fortunate in Northeast Ohio to have such a wealth of watershed organizations. And What's even better is that they work really well together. Mm -hmm. So a number of years ago, um, actually about 10 years ago, started the Central Lake Erie Basin Collaborative. And you can check it out online, centrallakeerie.org. And it, it provides an interactive map. So if you don't know exactly what watershed you live in, you can go in and and zoom in. So on the western side of the central Lake Erie Basin is the Huron River, and then everything in the middle all the way to our border and Pennsylvania to the east with Conneaut Creek. Mm -hmm. And the great thing is you can click on your watershed, and then it will link you up if there is a group that is helping to manage that, like West Creek Conservancy or Friends of Euclid Creek. And then you can get connected that way. Yeah. Awesome. And I, what are some of the other ones that come to mind? Tinker's Creek, Friends of Tinker's Creek. Tinker's Creek Watershed Partners, Chagrin. Dome yes. Brook Watershed Partners, Chagrin River Watershed Partners, Rocky River Watershed Council. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. Go us. That I, is awesome. For sure. <laughs> that that was a big difference for me coming from upstate New York in the Catskills is that you didn't have that collaborative work, that that organization. You had a lot of people that love the landscape, but kind of on their own. Mm-hmm. And so I've I've just really enjoyed the collaborative nature of the folks here in Northeast Ohio. Yeah. So definitely a way to get involved. What, what are some of these watershed groups working on? They um, definitely do stream cleanups, uh, a lot of restoration projects. We actually just had a collaborative meeting earlier this week, really thinking about how to position the watershed groups as well as Cleveland Metro Parks together for some of the bipartisan infrastructure law funding. It's mm-hmm. We've never seen this level of significant funding um, in addition to Great Lakes Restoration Initiative. So how can we strategically position ourselves to successfully receive those implementation dollars? Um, we all partner with the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District on their regional stormwater program. So um, whether it's installing additional rain gardens on public properties, 
um, and trying to help homeowners with their stream bank erosion and flooding concerns. So it's it's really all encompassing and it's really exciting. That's great. So you both just must love what you do and the organization that you work for. Um, I always like to ask, you know, if um, any advice for someone wanting to work or volunteer with Cleveland Metro Parks? Good way to get in the door? Um, there are so many ways to get in the door. I mean, I think our organization, Cleveland Metro Parks, is such an impressive organization mm-hmm. and has such breadth of career opportunities. So everything from restaurants to aquatics to um, – you know, natural resources work to education to golf. There are so many <laughs> avenues and channels, um, even in our admin department, you know, our finance people, HR. There's mm-hmm. a whole team of people working to keep this great, great place uh, humming and thriving and as progressive and lean as it is. It's really impressive when you see how we operate. Yeah, I love it. And I think it's interesting to look at people's different career journeys with us. It's really a balance of seeing those internal promotions, see people go from a seasonal job, maybe as a lifeguard to now director of real estate or uh, a part-time job as uh, the... um, with police, and now they're a park manager. So you see people incrementally step through in their professional career, but we also have a good balance of external candidates that are bringing that that outside perspective. And I think that's what makes us really effective at the work that we do. As far as advice, I, I mean, I always tell people to volunteer because you get to know not just the people doing the work, but what you really enjoy doing. And Mm -hmm. we have such a um, breadth of volunteer positions that really um, echo the, the paid positions on the staff. So you, you could do almost anything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we're so fortunate to, to have the Cleveland Metro Parks, the Emerald Necklace. It's really just such a, a key defining feature of our community. And Thank you for being our first Cleveland Metro Parks interview. My daughter has been after me. She's like, you got to get the Metro Parks. I'm like, I know, but it's so big. Where do we start? So we started with the Watershed Stewardship Center and Stormwater. We will, we will branch out. Yeah. Thanks so much for your interest. Exciting. <laughs> Thank you so much for all you're doing. Thank you. I'd like to mention, too, we do have our seasonal job fair coming up on March 9th. So just to your point about how to get involved, that's a great place to come and uh, talk to people in all the different departments and learn more about the introductory roles we have. Is that park-wide or mm-hmm. for, okay? Yep, park-wide. So. Good. We'll put yeah. a link in our show notes. That's a good mention. Also, I'm surprised you didn't mention World Water Day. That's one way people can get involved is just by attending yes, these fun events. Right. Yeah, no, we do. We have a number of special events, and World Water Day is coming mm-hmm. up. It's uh, – in recognition of the UN's World Water Day, you know, global effort to recognize the importance of water resources. So, yeah, March 23rd, we will be here. All kinds of water fun to do games and activities and fish touch tanks, and it should be really great. I'm excited for the public art activity. I know. It's really <laughs> exciting. Yeah, you Ooh, teaser. Fun. I know. Mm-hmm. Teaser. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed this episode of EcoSpeak CLE. 
You can find our full catalog of episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are available the first and third Tuesday of each month. Please follow EcoSpeak CLE on Facebook and Instagram and become part of the conversation. If you would like to send us feedback and suggestions, or if you'd like to become a sponsor of EcoSpeak CLE, you can email us at hello at ecospeakcle.com. Stay tuned for more important and inspiring stories to come.